Welcome to Humans of Fintech, the show that tells the story of diverse leaders who found belonging in our industry, so you can too. I'm Nicole Casperson. Today, I'm hanging out with Annabelle Perez. She's the CEO and co-founder of Novo Payment, a leading banking as a service and embedded finance fintech company. Annabelle has over 25 years of experience in banking and payments, holding roles like Senior Vice President of Leading Venezuelan Financial Institutions. I'm so excited for you to hear my conversation with Annabelle. She gets very real about her transition from traditional banking to the financial technology space and the hurdles of doing that from Venezuela to Miami. We also talk about why we need more collaboration among fintech leaders, and Annabelle is very passionate about that. She even shares her spicy takes on entrepreneurship and her secret sauce to success as a top Latina fintech founder. I think you will find her insights incredibly valuable, and I'm so excited for you all to hear my conversation with Annabelle Perez. Enjoy. Annabelle, I'm so excited to have you here on the show. I know folks' backgrounds carry such a huge influence on careers and values and purpose and why you chose to be a part of the fintech industry. So you started out as a banker. Tell us about that, because I know you also always felt a bit like an entrepreneur in that role. So you're like kind of feeling a little bit on the outside, though, in banking. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. And and thank you for inviting me, Nicole. Very um, happy to be with you. I am a former banker. I started my, my career in a financial institution, in a mid-size financial institution, and I had the fortune to not only work, but also be trained as a banker. I started doing operational work uh, at branches. So I learned how to open a bank account and the requisites to open a bank account, to move money, to manage the vault in a branch. So I learned a lot about the process of um, engaging with clients and all the conversations, the, the activities that takes to be able to open a new bank re- relationship. And I was able to, to grow my career in banking up to become a senior vice president of a, the retail banking unit and, and be in charge of a large group of individuals. And we always fight between uh, innovation and re- regulatory requirements and in innovation versus, you know, budget. You know, it always was mm-hmm. a, an issue. I remember that um, we wanted to digitize many processes and we needed to compete with the agenda of uh, the technology team. So it was always an internal fight. Uh, and I was considered like a, like an entrepreneur or someone that it was always annoying others to change the thing. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, and, yeah. and one day it became natural to be able to separate my agenda from the bank that I used to work for and create an independent unit to be able to to execute the mission of creating new use cases, a new value proposition. And that's how the idea of Nova Payment started. Yeah, and this all happened in Venezuela, right? Yes, that all happened in Venezuela in a moment in which um, we thought that everything could be possible, but then the weather changed and the political situation changed mm. <laughs> as a and we needed to look for new frontiers. That was the time when, uh, with my co-founders, 
we decided to establish Novo Payment here in the U.S. and recreate and the organization in order to serve a large market. And through that, I was able to, to, to build a company that serves today 40 markets, including the United States. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think it's awesome that you know, you were in another country, you kind of wanted to be innovative in a banking, maybe more traditional banking role. Um, but then it was kind of like, Miss, she's talking a lot or she's doing a lot. Like, can we? And so you were like, you know what? Whatever. I will go and, you know, do it myself, I guess. Right. And I think that's what a lot of entrepreneurs feel. I think that's what a lot of people that are leaders in the fintech space like yourself feel when they're in these traditional roles. And, you know, no one really wants to like listen to them be a disruptor. So they got to go do it themselves. And there's that's awesome. And that's kind of what this fintech space is about. So when you move from Venezuela to the States, was that a direct effect of you wanting to be more of an innovator that you weren't able to do in your banking role? Yes, of course. Uh, the idea was to change the way that um, financial services and, and payment products were uh, built and delivered. And one of the things that I did was to initiate an, an, a regional roadshow. I became like some kind of a preacher, you know? Yeah, <laughs> we are. We're preachers here in the in the fintech space, pretty much, right? We got to hit the hit the ground running and, and go to these shows. That, that's correct. So I started my uh, my journey, you know, knocking doors, turning down doors, um, visiting incumbents, explaining our vision and try to to invite them to to join us in, in, in the movement of changing the way that consumers and, and merchants and enterprise um, consume financial services. Some of them were early adopter or our uh, vision. Others were more uh, resistant to that. They joined later, uh, but we were able to, to support some of the, the great companies that today exist in LATAM um, that became as um, appeared in the scenes as a, as a disruptors. So we learned from, from both sides. We help them to communicate and they need to work in collaboration. Uh, has not been an easy task, but also to invite um, a talented group of individuals to join the company during that process that thought that they, they could serve uh, in the mission of, um, of building the infrastructure to connect the Americas. So I've been a quiet journey, has not been easy, a very solitary work at the beginning, but then you find the right company and that it's a great spiritual support <laughs> and and the fuel to continue your journey yeah i mean and what a experience not a lot of people you know know what it's like to go through what you specifically went through right working in financial services in latam and then you know kind of crossing over here coming to miami right you one language barrier yes, yes <laughs> there's one and mm-hmm. cultural barriers all of these different things. And, you know, right now the, the Latin America market is, you know, it's you know, kind of popping with fintech. But I'm, at the time, that was not, you know, the case when you were starting Nova Payment, when you were, you know, kind of coming to the U.S. and, and making your mark. Um, what was maybe one of the bigger challenges for that crossover when you kind of decided to, to come to the States and start Nova Payment? Uh, it was to look for ways to incorporate um, myself and the company into the Miami community, to knock doors again, <laughs> to introduce 
the company to different uh, local stakeholders. And one day I found an organization that helped me a lot. It's called Endeavor. Endeavor a Global has a chapter here in Miami, Endeavor Miami, and that helped me a lot to integrate with the community uh, at all level. So I started to feel that I belong more to, to Miami. They mm-hmm. gave me a platform, a platform not only to, to gain access to mentor, but also to reinforce that I was not alone <laughs> in this journey of um, transforming financial services. So I was able to connect with others, uh, fintech entrepreneurs across the world. And that was very rewarded to me. And the support that I received from my mentors uh, was a, like a, the great fuel at that time to continue my journey and had been amazing since then. I mean, that was in 2014. Nobody was uh, talking about infrastructure, Miami, a fintech in Miami. Everything needs to come from Silicon Valley, New York, Boston, Atlanta, but no Miami. Uh, women-led fintech, Latina, that's not common. You, I mean, you, you are outside of the box. Um, so it was my, my, my mission to continue to work and, 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 and effortless continue to fulfill my dream. <laughs> One of the other things I'm curious about with your background is kind of that, that cultural upbringing, you know, anything from just like growing up in uh, Venezuela and being from there and then coming to the States, like, do you, is there anything from like your, I guess, younger years or upbringing that really makes you think like, like, this is so important. I have to, you know, do this. I have to, like, I've seen the disparities, right? Cause I, I feel that my mom is an immigrant from the Philippines and anytime I go back there to the home home country and I see the differences, right? We're so crazy lucky here in the States. And I don't know if you always, re- people realize that until you travel uh, and you go somewhere else. And so, yeah, I'm just curious if that, because I know it's had an impact on me. Yes. I mean, I mean, as you said before, it was uh, cultural barriers, language barriers, but also invisible barriers that you need to decode and discover. And as you said, I mean, there's so many things that you can find here, but it's on, on a structure. And then in Latam, you need to build it because it doesn't exist. And you cannot import it. I mean, you can, you can have it as a reference, but there's no providers that can help you to get uh, or to facilitate the execution of, of your plan, for example. So uh, we need to build bridges. We need to, I mean, uh, Latin America, uh, it's basically an, a lot of underdevelopment markets. And I, what I mean underdevelopment is there's a lot of things that needs to, to be built. But it's also a great, a great atmosphere for innovation. And people, a lot of people come to the United States to, to get education. They, they come back to the country of origins in order to contribute and execute on their respective vision or uh, professional activities. And I think Latin America, like Southeast Asia and other parts of the world are, are great environments to, for innovation, but also require um, and, and entrepreneurs and the right support to be able to, to make the necessary changes uh, and bring a better quality of life to, to our countrymen. Take us back to the moment you felt like fintech would be this place where you would find that sense of belonging. I do believe that I always wanted to be in fintech, but I didn't knew that would be recognized as fintech. Okay. Okay. So the first time I heard about the word fintech was um, late 2013, and we were already in fintech. 
Okay, uh, but it was but it was not recognized in as in that category. Okay, um, you would see in the past more uh, financial technology or um, or, or payment industry. I'm mean, I'm in the payment industry, or I'm in the financial technology, or I am in in, in banking or in, in in wealth management, or I don't know in the, in the mortgage business. But it was not defined as a, the intersection between financial business and uh, or the banking sector and technology, the intersection. So, so that's a great definition. And, and everything today is ed tech, health tech, fintech, insurtech, <laughs> prop tech. So because at the end, everyone is trying to incorporate emerging technologies into our pre-existing uh, processes. And that's where the reinvention happen. But you need to understand how things work today and how it should be how can evolve uh, using the right technology. Mm-hmm, right. And you know what Nova Payment does is, is, and I was thinking this when you said it earlier about kind of building bridges, right? I like to think of it as, you know, building longer bridges or longer tables for connectivity and instead of creating higher walls. And I think that's what's so cool also about, you know, what you're doing and, and the space and kind of, being, being these disruptors and, and innovators or once outsiders who found our sense of belonging in the space? There's too many opportunities because there's the, um, the reunion of cloud, mobile, API technology, and mm-hmm. uh, now we are entering to Web3. So it's, it's so more easy today to, to build a bank. I mean, I can tell you that we build banks in less than a year, an entire new bank. At the fraction of the of the cost of of a traditional bank, Crazy, and, right? and and being able not only to serve the U.S. market but also to serve global markets, and that's because we we have been able to to identify the critical um, processes and to provide the necessary APIs and tools, and to orchestrate services from partners to be able to fulfill the the necessary a critical mission process that will support uh, a use case. For example, uh, a data bank account opening. Just to mention um, a a simple example, (laughs) okay? Uh, But it's all about, I mean, that's what is recognized uh, as a a data transformation that is just incorporating emerging technologies into pre-existing processes. So you are retrofitting those processes and making them more seamless more uh, with, without friction and helping the consumer to, to really engage with you more easy. And, and if you um, create the right recipe, you can have access to new markets, offer better products, and make more affordable those products to your end, end markets or end segments. And that's, that's what it's all about of disruption mm-hmm. because you are, you, are, you are expanding the pie. You are creating a bigger pie. That's such an interesting point, right? Because it almost makes it feel like the word disruption could almost be like replaced with inclusivity in a sense or like expansion because, right, that's what the traditional banking structure was. It was meant to be very exclusive. It was almost like, you know, that's that's a secret club or something, right? Like only, only a select few are able to access these type of things. And now when we're building these longer bridges instead, like what Nova Payment does, it's instead saying, you know what, 
this can be expansive. This can this can reach more people. We can help people from Miami to Venezuela, right? Like we can we can help all all of the people. And so yeah, it's like it's I don't know. That's like a revelation I'm currently having right now. <laughs> we're not just disrupt. Like we're just we're just, we're disruptors for inclusivity, and that is. It's a good revelation because, <laughs> it, yeah, because it's, it's financial inclusion, it's technology inclusion, and it's making a one product and services affordable, available to everyone. And that's what it's all about. I mean, it's, it's expansion. It's uh, creating a bigger pie. So we, all, we always, when we are, you know, trying to define a product and, and who to serve and how to serve and how to compete, Okay, we're always trying to define the, the addressable market. And in the past, financial services were, was restricted because of a lack of technology, uh, compliance, a lot of um, artificial barriers, I would say, based on, on, you know, product segmentations. So I'm going to serve just the population of um, Indiana or South Miami or just um, Brazil. But today, everyone is moving around the globe. I mean, people are doing more commerce around the world. So it's all about data movement and money movement. And data movement and money movement that doesn't have barriers because I can be here in the United States and downloading a fashion app, for example, Mm -hmm. and and buying a pair of shoes in Italy and will arrive to my home in, in 24 or 48 hours. And I can turn that back if it doesn't fit to my shoes, <laughs> my, to my, those shoes to my feet, okay? <laughs> the, the same type of transaction that if you were buying from, I don't know, a local um, retail store. Or you want to, for example, pay overseas to employees now that everyone is remote. Mm-hmm. So you can find companies in the payroll space that now, now are offering also financial services. And that's what is called today embedded finance. And you will see more of that every day. So our role in anyone in fintech is to expand the access, is to make transactions more seamless and more affordable. And that's how we are really disrupting. Uh, I don't know if you remember, at the early stage of the fintech movement, uh, everyone was using the phrase of uberization of banking. It was a good example. You know, I'm going to make the Uber of financial services. And Uber is all about... The mix of three technologies is geolocalization. It's all about um, acceptance and a payment method. All of that combined into a mobile phone. And that, what they did was to incorporating emerging technologies into a, a process that you needed to make a phone call, wait for a taxi cab for 45 minutes, and get into that ride to your destination. But, but in addition to that, our role in the fintech space is to uh, increase uh, trust, as, as you find on Uber, for example. Right. So, so these new technologies were also bringing this trust. So I know that any instruction will be given in a secure way, and you will protect my data, and my instruction will fulfill my, my needs. That, for example, would be, I don't know, to buy a pair of shoes, or to pay uh, for a bill, or to send money to mama, in my country of origin or to um, buy for the raw material that I need in order to create my product, I don't know, in, in, in Spain or Peru or in Chile or Guatemala. We are now living in a truly borderless economy. 
And that borderless economy means that we can access new market segments. And the technology is there. The technology is there. It's just the new processes that need to be built, a new infrastructure that needs to be solidified and be built in a, in a way that could be scalable and available. Sometimes in the fintech space, we think we can kind of just maybe put fires out with like new solutions instead of actually like changing the process. And I feel like that's what Nova Payment, banking as a service, that's like the point, right? Is like to help actually change the process because the process is what's not working here. And so, yeah, and that's why I, and that's why embedded, right? It's like kind of funny. That's why embedded finance is a, what is like a $3.6 trillion market or something crazy because literally everyone's like, oh yeah, wait a minute. We can like, this is, we don't have to do it this hard way. We can do it this better way, but it takes people like yourself, right? To like, as we said before, right? And that and earlier is, is to hit the ground running and tell people this. And I mean, it 2014 or so, right? It doesn't feel like it's that long ago, but I guess it is. But how much has just changed in that conversation since? Yes. And, and, and you know, the fintech, it's, um, you can get into fintech with a perspective of, okay, this is going to be just one 1K uh, marathon or 10K marathon. So you can choose, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, with infrastructure, it's all about connecting the dots. And in the past, you used to have, you know, traditional uh, technology providers that was just focusing one particular component of the value chain. Mm-hmm. And that's why banks are sit in silos infrastructure. That's why sometimes when you pay your credit card, you cannot check and that your balance has been updated. Because there's a lot of batch processes. There's a lot of analog technology in the back. So when we started to build Nova Payment, we knew from the beginning that we needed to streamline those processes. They take time. And then not only just to build the bridges, it's also to build the foundation, not only in-country, but also cross-country, in order to, to build a, what we call a tech fabric and being able to manage data and in compliance. And with the with uh, with um, business continuity, and ensuring our tenants, our tenants are our clients. Our clients are financial institutions, uh, merchants, uh, fintechs, uh, quarters that are evolving their products and services, and they're using our technology to be able to to get into those products and services. So it takes time. So mm-hmm. um, it's not just a, a beautiful app. That's important extremely important, but that beautiful app that is very human-centric or um, bring the nice experience needs to really process data, uh, distribute data, and being able to really generate the right impact to all stakeholders, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the consumer, um, yes. and the, the, your investors, <laughs> the regulators, uh, your partners. And many fintechs need partners, and partners will, will partner with the, the right fintech, if the fintech is conducting their business in the right way. Mm-hmm. Oh man, you're, you're so speaking my language. I've been preaching about like data connectivity and the importance of that because it is all about, you know, on, on top of that, it's all about that personalization, that customization that at the end of the day, like the end user wants. And so that, and all of this that you're talking about trickles down everything that we do industry 
inside will always be eventually or some capacity felt by the end user, whether it's a consumer, whether it's your client, whatever it is. And so to be able to actually have these structures in place, like you're saying all these very technical things, but it is crazy how all of it is meant to be more human. It's meant so that us as humans can interact. And I love that you mentioned that borderless world we're living in now, right? And we we should be able to exchange financial services in a in that seamless and connected way and the dots should be connected and it all does start with data and that's hard it's hard when systems were not built to do that and so i just feel like it's very full circle with you that like you you came you know from venezuela you 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 saw what was happening over there you come to you know miami you you create something that's like able to connect the world and and you're patient you're patient enough to say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I've always wanted to be the disruptor um, and I'm going to do it. And, you know, that's an, that's an awesome thing. I mean, was there anyone in particular who maybe helped you feel like you belonged in the industry or anyone that kind of you think is positively shaping the future of our industry? Well, there's a lot of people shaping the industry. There's no one that I could say, is the, the, the father of the industry. Mm. And, that's, and, and, you know, that's really good because it's, good, the, it's a collab- the collaborative effort of all of us that will make the change, mm. okay? So you have some pioneers here in the United States, others in Europe, in Asia, and in Latin America. But those, the ones that will persist the most are the ones that will be recognized in the future as of the original Gant of this industry. Who's going to persevere through yes. all the craziness? Yes, because you can build a company, sell the company, scale the company. Those are moments. Um, but the great thing is many of the, of the entrepreneurs that have um, experienced those uh, realities are now investing in other entrepreneurs, are becoming uh, mentors. Mm-hmm. So it's, 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 there's a spiral effect a network effect, I will also say, to make this happen. And that's why we're evolving very fast from traditional banking or traditional finance to embedded finance. We're just at the, at the, at the surface of embedded finance, and we're now talking about uh, decentralized finance. But the great thing is that we're seeing the future, but we need to build the present, okay? Oh, because the, the, the present will have an effect on, on tomorrow, Okay. Mm. And sometimes you can leave rock, but sometimes you need more time to really build what is required to get to the next frontier. So there, there will be a group of us building infrastructure, others that will build on top of the infrastructure. And there's a lot of people that will benefit from that, that at the end will be the consumers that will have more access to financial services and, and another type of uh, product that will make their life um, better. And th- that's the end goal. So I always said, uh, uh, who wants to build a new church needs to preach every day. <laughs> and even preach, even if you don't have uh, uh, someone in your church. <laughs> you need to be very disciplined. <laughs> and, and, and in our case, we have been always committed to the vision. Mm-hmm. And we always try to stay on course. Of course, we have people. and uh, We have learned during the process. But as, as we grow and as we learn, we become more enthusiastic. 
and not because we're crazy. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but it's it's because uh, when you when you uh, can see the impact through the lenses of your clients is amazing. I think we as humans feel that, you know, earlier you had mentioned that sense of community was the hardest maybe thing to penetrate when you first got to Miami. And luckily you had a group that helped you kind of get the word out, brand awareness, I guess. And, um, you know, but, but having kind of the, the backing of the city that you're, you know, starting out in being a huge foundation for support you know, having people around you that that have the same values and, and share those type of things. I mean, there's tons of kind of pieces of advice out there, but maybe what is your favorite piece of advice that you would give our listeners who have maybe feel like outsiders and how they, you know, can kind of find their own sense of belonging in our industry? Well, I always recommend, and I have the fortune to have it naturally, to have a, what I call a personal board of advisor, mm. uh, people that can that can tell you how they see you, um, that support you, uh, critic you, crit- do criticisms of you, but in a constructive way. And then, if you're starting a company, look for um, advisors as well that can help you to craft your strategy or to complement an, a knowledge or to bring you access to information that you don't have. But, but important always to, to be thankful to them because people that dedicate time to you are people that believe in you. And if people believe in you, that's the people that you need to pay them back first. Yeah. And typically are a former boss or a, a teacher or um, a good friend from school, but of course your family and be surrounded of people that can really help you to be a better person every day. I think that's a secret sauce for success. And it, that's a secret sauce that, that, that sometimes when you feel lonely, you can cry with them. <laughs> you can um, be angry with them and they can uh, help you to transport that energy into something more positive so you can continue to fight. So uh, I think if you give back to community all the time, the community will give back to you as a consequence. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. I believe in this as well. I never thought to call the people who support me my like personal board of advisors. <laughs> I, I love that. I need, I want that, that I'm going to like create an official like board member list for my Nicole Casperson advisory board. I, but it's, it's, that's exactly right, you know, and, and you need people that you can be vulnerable with when you're creating, you know, whether it's creating content, creating a, a fintech a company you can feel isolated. It's very easy to feel like you're in this, you know, silo of just like working so hard and and all the things. So you need to have these outlets to, you know, make sure that you're staying sane because we're all a little crazy, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And also recommend to put your ideas in writing. I mean, don't, don't, don't get worried if others can copy your ideas. I mean, it's all about execution at the end. So one of the things that I did in, in most part of my experience as an entrepreneur is writing. And I have the fortune to have a friend that helped me to, to do the editing, <laughs> okay, so that I can express my idea better. So about um, the future of financial services, or um, I remember I, I started to write about embedded finance seven years ago. Wow. 
seven years ago, you can find articles. Uh, but I'm so happy that now it's more, those ideas are better structured and there's a lot of people building on an ideas that came from all over, not just my ideas. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. So as, as long as you stay on course, those ideas could be executed. And of course, you always need to check it. If those ideas as a product, as a, as a market, uh, you, you validate product market fit, that you have the resources to expand on those ideas, that you have the, the right company, I mean, the right team to help you to, to build whatever is needed. Uh, check if your customer can become your first promoters, okay? Mm-hmm. Not because you're giving incentive, not just for giving incentive, it's because they really receive a benefit from your value proposition. Che- always check if, if, if the, 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 the products and services can be expanded from, from your city, from your state, from your country, and what it takes to do that, okay? Mm-hmm. To ensure that you don't have a um, half-baked solution, okay? Mm-hmm. And if it's half-baked, ensure that you have all the ingredients. <laughs> And you put everything in the oven so you can you can you cannot poison anyone. Okay. <laughs> uh, Anna the future, godmother of embedded finance, maybe? I think we might see that happen down the road. I'm not sure if you're gonna be the godmother, but 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 I will be one of the builders. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like one of the like you know, like one of those like top Titas or tias, you know, like at the very least, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I always say I'm, a, I'm just a general contractor. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! I, because, um, because I, to do that, you need to you need to be surrounded of the great team and and, uh, and great yes. partners and great clients. And part- yes. And no. This is these are wildly insightful pieces of information from you. And maybe one of my last questions for you is, you know, if we need to be the change that we want to see. What change do you want to see in fintech and how do we embody it? Or how will you embody it, I guess? We need more collaboration. We need to build more trust between uh, who, uh, the, the stakeholders of this industry. We need to be more transparent. We need to, to really embrace <laughs> uh, what it takes to really build an industry. And, it, and it, we need all of those ingredient, ingredients. I remember uh, when I moved to the States um, that used to have, um, I, I don't know, maybe you, you heard about them, but it was a, a, an organization called Pay Before. Then that organization evolved to something that is called today Money 2020. And oh, then, wow. uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people behind this movement from very, very long time. Mm-hmm. Okay? And we are benefiting from their efforts. Some of those still are in business. Others sold their companies, others uh, entered into corporate America, others couldn't make it. But this is just the beginning. I mean, and I think the beauty of this wave is that as much people get enthusiastic, others will be able to to build on top of what others um, started. I think that's extremely important, not only here in the state, but also now that we are more in contact with other fintechs, entrepreneurs in Europe, in Southeast Asia, uh, in LATAM, uh, many of them moving to the states because we all want to, you know, de risk our efforts because we wanted to be able to be supported by great funds, but also uh, wanted to um, impact our communities. Mm-hmm. So it's you need to get your balance, but I think it's a it's a, it's a great momentum to be in fintech. Uh, there, there's a sense of uh, market reckoning today. 
but I think every business has its cycle. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think we are there yet. And we cannot be there or we can prevent to be there if we do a good job. <laughs> okay. And we execute. Well said. Annabelle Perez, thank you so much for everything that you're doing for the fintech space, everything you're doing just for the culture of, of you know, creating this like borderless world where everyone is more connected, everyone is more human, and we understand each other a little bit better every single day. You're hitting the ground running, and I'm so excited. Nova Payment is taking off, and I cannot wait to see all of the amazing work you do. And I'm saying future godmother. I mean, maybe, you know, I'm just, <laughs> future godmother of embedded finance. She's, she's been on, she's on the trail and, and you know, I, this is just getting started. So thank you so much again for joining the show. Today. No, thank you for the opportunity. I enjoyed this conversation and, and uh, I'll tell you the embedded finance and the evolution of that. We have several godmothers and several. Yes, I love it. I love your I love your take on that. Right, more collaboration, more you know leaders in the space, and yes, okay. Let's hear to the crew of godmothers that that help embedded finance continue to take off. So thank you again so much. Looking forward to having you here, in Miami soon. Yes. Oh my gosh. I will. I'm staying at your headquarters. That's right. <laughs> yeah, you, you can you can use this uh, this room to be the the, the to do the, my podcasting. Yes, and and you will find amazing, 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 incredible entrepreneurs from around the world. Yes. Oh my gosh. In all sector. In all sector. All right. Hear that? What the fintech Miami is happening? Um, and it, yeah. So it it's happening. I've got I've got the blessing from Annabelle herself. So all right. thank you. Thank you again Bye. so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. To hear our next story about another diverse leader, be sure to tune in next week. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to our show and give it a five-star rating as it helps our message reach more people who want to find belonging too. 